0: government. We all know it's important to understand, be it state, local, or national, but doesn't the thought of it just make you want to, well, drink? If so, you're in the right place. I'm Angel Romero, your politics and pints of Fictionado, and this is Ballots and Brews, where we'll talk all things local beer, while also diving into what in the world is happening at the local, state, and national government, and what you can do about it. It's Schoolhouse Rocks meets The Daily Show meets C-SPAN, so let's get this show started. Hey, Welcome back, everyone, to another exciting edition of Ballots & Brews. We are so excited tonight to be continuing our profiles of candidates that are running for office this fall. Uh, Tonight, we are featuring two of the three candidates for City Council District Number 5. That will be Brett Kell and Marcus Clark. So we're really excited to hear from both of them tonight. Uh, We'll get to talk to them in just a moment. But first, we are going to start our night like we always do, with beer. And so we are pumped tonight to be joined by Andrew Feiler with John Johnny's Tavern here in Topeka. Andrew, thanks for being here tonight. I really appreciate you having me on, Angel. Excited about it. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, yeah, as we get started, so of course, Johnny's is still relatively new um, in our community. Can you remind folks kind of, how long you've been open, where you're located, kind of how things have been going since you started up here?
1: Sure, yeah. We uh, opened up in August of 2019, uh, awesome. so just a little more than two years ago now. Uh, we're located at the corner of uh, 29th and Fairlawn right there on the... Uh, in the, the Wheatfield Village, yeah, which yeah, is a right. relatively new area. So um, yeah, right, right in a, a nice part. Uh, things have been going well. I mean, it's always exciting to open a new place. We just opened up another Johnny's out in Parkville, Missouri. So we're actually oh, the 11th nice. of 12 stores. And, uh, but things have been really, really going well. Just, you know, COVID kinda <laughs> took its toll on everybody, but we, you know, we got through it, we bounced back. We're uh, feeling good. I'm, I'm happy to happy to keep the train rolling, that's for sure.
0: Awesome, gotcha, yo, it's, it's hard to believe it's been two years now it's, it, 2020 was like this black hole of time, so I kind of it, forget about all that
1: It just, it just, almost like it never stopped like, It just right. kind of kept going It kind of kept going, and then and then they were, you know, hey, you can start lifting some mask mandates and that kind of stuff It was like, you know what, it's exciting, like, but I still feel like we got we got a little ways to go on it still So that's okay, though
0: Sure. Well, and of course, you, know, you talk, mentioned, of course, being in, in Wheatfield Village, uh, which is exciting in that whole new development. You know, what's it like to be part of this whole kind of well, one of the newest areas in town?
1: It's great. Um, we've seen a lot of of crowds coming in after movies, you know, at the, the B&B oh, sure. theaters there, which is awesome. The, the new hotel has been great for us, too. We get crowds of people at at, you know kind of random times a day to be honest with you people come checking in but they don't have anything to do until that next day like come drink a beer with us you know and and i think that that spin pizza and pt's coffee next door to us have been awesome so it's it's nice to have good neighbors and good relationships with them so that's been cool
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, and, you know, we, of course, folks will know the Johnny's name. As you mentioned that there's 12 locations all uh, throughout the area here. So folks may have been to one in Lawrence or Kansas City and places like that. What can they expect when they visit uh, the Johnny's here in Topeka?
1: I mean, same quality food. Cold beer, good atmosphere. I mean, there's a sports, any sort of sporting event on, it's going to be on TV. You know, I mean, MLB yeah. playoffs the next couple of weeks, NBA starting up, the NFL right in the heart of it, college football. I mean, college basketball is coming up. This is my favorite time of year. <laughs> I mean, this, you get every sporting every major sport I mean the NHL too everything's going on so basically once a, every night of the week you know at least for a couple of hours there's going to be something on TV or sound that's going to pique your interest if you're a sports fan absolutely so.
0: well and you know one of the things I thought was pretty cool of course being a big uh, a Washburn alum and a big Washburn fan myself is is there's a lot of Washburn flair uh, in your place you know a lot of really local kind of yeah. features in there
1: that's I think that's one of the things that we we really tried to hit on hard when we opened up is is in, in Lawrence, you know, it's it's KU. Yeah. And it's the University of Kansas and Topeka can be a little KU, a little K-State, but mostly Washburn because you know, it's in the same yeah, city. Absolutely. And you go to Kansas City and you can still get the KU, K-State, even some Washburn, but you're going to get a lot of Missouri flair too just cuz it's on that side of side of the state line or closer to, but it's a uh, I, I think it's awesome that we can support the local university and local school and the Mi Double Double A Network. Excuse me, we have that. You know, it's great to be able to stream all the games yeah. and all the major games that they have going on. So that's really exciting. Yeah, I
0: was gonna say, a note to people out there, let's I think that's another, uh, another cool thing too is that for all all of Washburn's games, especially those those away games, those road games, it's awesome that you guys have those yeah. streaming right there.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's really nice. We and we've been lucky enough too to not have any, you know, major issues with any <laughs> internet or connection things. So you know, knock on wood for that one, I suppose.
0: <laughs> a- absolutely. I was going to say for those of those that are following Washburn, they are on a hot streak right now, and so it's a good good time to head over to Johnny's to, to watch some of those games for sure.
1: Absolutely.
0: Well, in terms of of your beers on tap, too, yeah, I should ask do you guys have do you have uh, any local beers on tap at your location?
1: For sure. Yep, we have a, a Blind Tiger. Rotator, uh, Happy Basset Rotator and currently in Norseman. The three that are currently on are the the uh, Blind Tiger Holy Grail and then we have the Happy Basset Strawberry Blonde the Gracie. Nice. And Norseman's uh, Thor's Crown IPA. Uh, those are three Topeka beers but then we still have a couple Free States on. Free States Oktoberfest which is one of the best beers I think that Free State does. Nice. And uh, Free States Blue Collar Lager. Blue Collar Lager is a beer that Free State Brewery did for Johnny's Tavern for a 65th anniversary a few years ago and it's a oh, okay. beer you can only get at Johnny's or at a uh, our sister restaurant called Jay Wilson's, which is in Lawrence. So awesome. it's a pretty cool beer. I mean, it's definitely worth a try at least real clean drinking lager, a lot of history behind it, I guess you could say too. So it's oh
0: really yeah, cool. for sure. Well, that's a, you, you hit on all my favorite, all my local favorites too. So it's, uh, it's another, it's, as if there were, an, uh, were enough reasons for me to already stop by there. That's awesome. That's, uh, that's
1: great. I, that's great. I appreciate that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Any other beers on tap you're excited about right now? Of course, this is October fest season. So I imagine yeah. you've got some of those. Yeah, we have
1: Free State Oktoberfest is our main one right now. Awesome. Um, we just added in a cider from uh, Austin East Ciders. Um, oh, okay. It's a blackberry cider, which is actually really good. Ooh, nice. Uh, really cool too. You can put it. We have it on our drink menu with a shot of deep Eddie lime, so it's like a cocktail, <laughs> beer cocktail almost. But it's it's pretty delicious. So maybe a little more of a summertime beer, but sure. you know you still get the. Crisp weather outside, maybe it'll hit the spot for you.
0: So. Ab- absolutely, you know, I don't, I don't really discriminate a whole lot when it comes to my <laughs> beer selection. So yeah. uh, the d- time d- of year doesn't really, doesn't really matter much. <laughs> you, you
1: open a, you open a, you crack open a cold bush light for me in negative four degree weather. I'm right, still going to be okay.
0: Right, absolutely, <laughs> so. absolutely. Uh, you know, any, any uh, regular drink specials that folks should know about during the week.
1: We just started off some new specials about a month or so ago. Okay. Um, One of the big things we're hitting on is is a happy hour deal where we'll do a dollar off all the local pints. So uh, Blind Tiger, Norseman, and Happy Bassett all dollar off pints from three to six. Oh, nice. Uh, So that's kind of a cool deal we're doing. Yeah. And then we never really pushed a reverse happy hour or a late night deal, but we're doing a... Two dollars single topping slices after ten PM. Huh. So we're just kind of you know switching up a little bit, changing yeah. some things up. We had to change up our menu a little bit Ooh. with some uh, product issues and stocking issues through Cisco, which is tough. But we're also you know trying to make it work as much as we can, and that's that's where we're at now.
0: So that's awesome. That's so cool. Late night happy hours are the best. And so that's and I, it's it's sometimes tough to find them. So that's that's way cool.
1: Yeah, I'm, ex- I'm excited about it. I think it's it's been a little... We haven't pushed it super hard yet, sure. but I, I think that, you know, timing's right and let's make it happen, so...
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, you guys have a great space, of course. You know, we talk about the, the bar and restaurant. You've got this awesome patio out there, too. Yard games and all that stuff that people can check out
1: yep yep that's been a great thing the next i think the next big thing for us let's get some kind of roof out there i've been working on that oh, <laughs> pushing yeah. some of my partners to do that but you know money money's kind of a thing too so we'll figure sure. it out Absolute,
0: <laughs> absolutely well if we have to drink a lot of beer to make that happen then i guess that's the sacrifice yeah, we, we can we can make uh, there we go any uh any upcoming events or things that people should know about
1: no I mean not really just you know it is it's it's fall it's NFL Sundays college football Saturdays and then MLB playoffs and the NBA starting up I mean we're a great spot to catch a game and and hang out with friends you know that's yes. kind of our stick and that's what we're running with so
0: absolutely yeah you're here folks so go check out johnny's check out that that patio while the weather's still nice but even when you head inside you've got lot you got great local beer selection you've got a ton of tvs and a ton of sports that you can watch over the next couple next couple of weeks They're a great place to do it so andrew thanks so much for hanging out with us tonight
1: yeah angel happy to be here i'm glad you called or glad you sent that email i'm, I'm happy to do it let's do it again sometime i'm around so
0: Absolutely, for sure. And folks out there listening, make sure to stop by. There will be a a Washburn game coming up actually this weekend. So make sure that's a great excuse to come out, uh, come by and check them out. Uh, For those folks listening out there, go ahead and stay tuned. We're going to take a break. And afterwards, we are going to sit down with two of those candidates running for city council in district number five. That's up next. You are listening to Ballots and Brews here on KSF 785 Live Radio.
1: 785 Magazine is proud to present KSEF Digital Radio, Topeka, Kansas. That's the thing you're listening to right now.
0: Uh, Folks, we are so excited once again to be continuing our series where we get to introduce you to each of the city council candidates on the ballot this November. And tonight uh, we have a special bonus because uh, we are featuring um, all of the candidates for City Council District 5, which there are actually three candidates um, all together for District 5. Uh, District 5 uh, includes, this is a reminder, includes a good chunk of South Central Topeka. So we're talking about part of the High Crest neighborhood, the Briarwood neighborhood, South Topeka Boulevard. Um, Almost all the way out to Forbes Field. So, kind of that South Central area, the community is where we're talking. Uh, The current council member for this district is actually Mike Padilla, who, of course, we know is running for mayor. Uh, So, this seat is actually a wide open seat, which is exciting. Whoever gets elected um, in this race will actually be a new face on the city council. So, that's exciting to look forward to. Even more reason uh, why folks should be getting out to vote here in just a couple weeks. I'm going to give a mention there are three candidates running in this race. So, we are going to start off with our first candidate tonight. Mr. Brett Kell. Brett, thanks for hanging out with us tonight. Oh, Brett, are you there?
2: Yes, sir. Thank you for having me.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, we're glad, glad to have you, glad to have you. So as we, as we get started off, uh, can you tell folks just a little bit about yourself, kind of your background, what you do for a living? Are you from Topeka originally? Those kinds of things. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, uh, I'm 42 years old. I've been married for 18 years. I have two teenage daughters in high school. Uh, I work at the Topeka VA and I have backgrounds in uh, education, corrections, uh, human uh, human social services, I've lived in Topeka about 15 years, uh, same house, uh, we bought pretty much when we moved down to Topeka. And, uh, it's just something that, uh, I really enjoy Topeka compared to a lot of other places. And that's the reason we chose, we chose Topeka to live at and we've chose to stay.
0: Awesome. Very good. Very good. Yeah. I, 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 identify with that a lot. You know, as, as uh, being a military brat once I found Topeka and it was a good place it was nice to be able to just park in one place for a while and I have to move around uh, for the rest of the time. So, so I'm with you. It's a good place, good place to stay for sure. Well, you know, on top of everything you've got going on family wise and, and professionally, what, what made you decide to want to run for city council?
2: Main thing is I want to make Topeka better. Uh, it's been hit really hard by the pandemic, and with people being either sent home and not being able to work, or the loss of money not being able to go out and spend it in town, and, and it's hurt businesses, hurt hurt individuals, uh, hurt just emotionally and mentally. Just what we've gone, gone through the last uh, 18 months. And one of the things is is I've been there uh, when you're when you've been down. My wife and I were on food assistance for years, and then we actually went to go work at uh, DCF and we're working in the food assistance side of things. And so we went we know what it's like to climb out of that hole and keep on cli- climbing. And I understand what a lot of Topekans are going through right now, and have been there myself. And it's one of those things of um. Uh, willing and able to show Topeka how to get out of this hole we've kind of gotten into, uh, no fault of our own. Sure,
0: absolutely, yeah. No, this, this last year has been has been a tough year for for sure. Uh, you know, kind of one of the unique challenges as a city council member. One of the things we wanted to ask about tonight is, of course, you know, you'll represent, you'll be one of nine, so you'll get to represent your district. Uh, but how do you balance, you know, representing the best interests of your district while also acting in the best interests of the city as a whole?
2: And that is a tough uh, balance. My my first priority is to what uh, the people of the 5th district want. But sometimes what's best for Topeka as a whole will supersede that. And so you just have to look at each issue and get opinions from people within the district, get opinions from people from outside the district, uh, specialists in that field, uh, and and try to get as much information as you can and just make uh, an informed decision. And uh, I'm always going to make that decision. Sometimes you see council people will recuse themselves from voting and have no justification for doing so other than they're not really wanting to put a vote on record. And that's something I'll never do. Uh, The only way I'd ever recuse myself if there was some type of conflict of interest. But it's you you just have to take as much information as you can and ask a lot of questions and, and open your ears to what people have to say to make make your decision.
0: Sure. Absolutely. Well, and speaking of some of those, those decisions, you know, we have a couple questions here that are, are kind of issue specific. Um, so the uh, first question, of course, we mentioned that uh, District 5 includes that part of the South Topeka uh, corridor, South Topeka Boulevard. So what kinds of, of policies and actions do you think the city council should pursue uh, to foster economic growth uh, throughout the community, particularly to support efforts like bring back uh, the boulevard, uh, for instance, what efforts that's going on in District 5 right now?
2: And the thing that's happening a lot, at least on uh, when you get east of uh, Topeka Boulevard, it, even, even actually a little bit into the Lycan Foster uh, neighborhood, which is across from Walnut there on 37th, is the landlord situations. Uh, we have so many landlords that don't take care of their properties uh, that it's it just runs down everything and they don't look at it as their investment like they should. And it just kind of tears down the rest of the neighborhoods around them when... Uh, they don't take care of their properties and that's residential. And that's also on the commercial side. Well, thank goodness. White lakes is finally coming down and we could actually do something with that. And I've actually been talking to a gentleman. He's looking to possibly build a minor league uh, style baseball park in Topeka. And I told him that, you know, this property may be available if, if you look at it. And I've looked at a few other places in town, but uh, I know a lot of people years ago before the economy crash, were to go put it out by the, Less warehouse, and I always said that's a bad idea. You need to keep it within the city limits with access to people to be able to get into and from that if you want that something like that to succeed. Uh, so, it, my main thing is you start looking at the property owners and start hitting that really hard. Uh, to have them take care of their properties, which is in turn taking care of their tenants. Uh, oh, right. Of, Absolutely. Because if, if the house is falling in on itself, you're not taking care of the people that are, that are living there. And some people, that's all they can maybe be able to afford. And so it's one of those things that you've you got to take care of all people. And then same with businesses. You know, It could be a, a situation where if, if property is not taken care of and that's all a business owner can afford to be in that space, then... They're not getting the traffic they deserve by having a pothole ridden parking lot with paint coming off the buildings and and things like that
0: sure sure yeah and it, it, it's interesting that issue of, of landlords has come up in a lot of conversations uh with folks recently yeah, what, what do you think is the best way to to approach those with challenges that we have with landlords in the community
2: uh mainly i think is start holding them accountable and, and especially with uh with being responsive to their tenants, responsive to the city. Uh, I've dealt with uh, a couple uh, places. One, One would be RMS where two doors down from me, they own a property, a tree fell into the road. I called RMS several times, the city called RMS several times, the police department called RMS several times and this tree was blocking half the road that fell off. It finally took myself, my neighbor, and a police officer to get that thing hauled off out of the road, and then it took another month before RMS finally came over and cut up the tree and got it off the property. So, uh, things like that. It's like being responsive of, of having, if you have so many properties in town, uh, because we have so many absentee owners of properties that they need to have at least someone on call that answers the phone 24 7 for the residents, for the city, uh, to, to handle any any of these issues we would be having because it, there, there could be lots of scenarios where. We, we as citizens or we as a, a city try to get a hold of these landlords and we just run into a brick wall and, and there's not much we can do because they don't live in town. So it's not like we can go knock on their door. Uh, so after that, it's, I think you just have to start taking some financial actions and legal actions against these uh, property owners. If they're not willing to do what's right for their their tenants and do what's right for the city by having dilapidated properties, that this hurt the city overall and good thing with like white a good example with white lakes is you know, that that could just be a tax break for the owner and they're just going to let it sit there and it's a tax break uh, and that's one of those loopholes that's been in, in there for years about malls as they're in essence built just for the tax haven uh, purposes sure
3: for sure no that's
0: I, I think I took this on a number of different excuse me number of different issues there uh, you know speaking of, of investment and in, in community development uh, so of course the city just learned recently as part of the American Rescue Plan uh, that the city is set to to receive about forty-five billion dollars um, here over the next uh, next few years, uh, you know, when you think about um, those dollars that are coming into the community, uh, you know, what, what should what's the best approach for the city to take when it comes to investing those dollars?
2: Uh, first off, I, I think maybe looking at, at investing in, in the offices within within the city and getting people employed within the city at, at a decent wage level for what the job is. Uh, And, you know, I've been saying for years that there's lots of entry level jobs we have as a city that we can start working with local area high schools and getting those kids that don't want to go to college or can't afford to go to college into the city system. And then we're getting people that live in Topeka that want to stay in Topeka to work those jobs and not have people coming from outside of town to do those jobs. I know that they were talking, I'm not sure if they exactly did, but they're talking about lifting the requirement band of certain jobs from not having to live within Shawnee County or a certain distance. And my thing is I don't want someone coming from Kansas city to take care of business in Topeka when they may not know day to day what's happening in Topeka. So I'd love to see maybe looking at uh, increasing salary on, 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 TPD and, and Topeka fire to get those, Fully staffed where they need to be, and it's right now. I know it's no fault of of the, of the police department, but the response time uh, is just not there. Uh, we had a break in a couple months ago across the street from my house. Uh, we called nine one one. I timed it; it took seventeen minutes for the officers to respond. And like I said, no fault of their of theirs because they're so short handed. But that'd be a, a great way to start investing some of that money in recruitment of people. Uh, and then looking at different things, you know, I always say the best ideas are sometimes stolen ideas and look around at what other cities have done. And they've already laid all the groundwork for you to deal with some of the, to have, you know, like a riverfront walk and things. You can start looking at those type of things that that are, that make the city more attractive, uh, draw on tourism dollars, draw in things like a, a river walk where you could have a, a, a musical shows and, and, uh, things like that down there that can just drive in more revenue, uh, for the city overall. So, and I have seen that when I, when I was in the Navy, I traveled all up and down the East coast. So I, I've seen different things like that all, uh, work into other cities. So like I say sometimes the best ideas to improve your own city can be stolen from other cities.
0: Hey, yeah, absolutely, it's a legitimate larceny. That's what I call that. It's, it's absolutely, absolutely fair to do. Uh, you, know, you you mentioned uh, uh, police and emergency services just a little bit ago. You know, the city is continually working on how to um, continue to improve relationships between um, the police and the community. You know, what is uh, what are some things that you think the city should be doing uh, to continue that work of, of uh, building relationships between uh, law enforcement and the community? Well,
2: honestly, we have some amazing, awesome officers, and then we have some that just don't have that customer service or interactive skills, and I would love to take some of those officers, and I, some of the listeners may be familiar, and uh, I, I, Tim Bell is one of those officers that is a great officer, and instead of going out and hiring some expert to come in and tell everyone how to, how to interact with the public, we have one of our own that can show day-to-day how to interact w- with fellow Topekans that was born and raised in the Topeka area. And he interacts so well with people. And I'm, we have some officers who are very robotic, very uh, distant to the public. And I think that's something we definitely need to break down and uh, have have officers just have that customer service skill, that interaction skill, the professionalism. Uh, I, I've, I've been cussed at by officers before for trying to turn a certain way when they're directing traffic and it's like to me that's not a warranted situation to to be using certain types of language and and doesn't show the professionalism but uh, like i said we do have some very good ones that i think would be great training officers to try to get that and and the first one always comes to mind is like i said is tim because he is just so high you know so far and above on that that interactive skills and professionalism and he just nails it on the head just by being him and i think he'd be a great example for other officers to learn from so then we can develop those relationships because uh, i know through his different jobs with tpd he's developing the, at working for schools doing other community related things that it, it's if we can get all our off or a lot of our officers to get on board with that uh, it, it would definitely work with the community relations and and for the youth to see uh, see them as people, also, because I, I think a lot of times you need to start fixing your problems at the middle school, high school level, uh, because if you're not fixing it there and it's not getting worked out with the adults, that next generation of adults are just gonna be the exact same way because they stole their. their People that were teaching them to, to to be a certain way. So I've always sat there and said, you know, grab the middle schoolers and high schoolers and work with them and develop those relationships there, and then you can definitely grow from there, and, and they'll see the difference. Sure. Yes. Definitely. Definitely some
0: some long term uh, investment work there for sure. Well, you know, as we uh, get wrapped up here on your uh, segment, Brett, you know, anything else that you would like sure. voters to know about um, uh, about you in the next couple of weeks?
2: Oh, I'm going to try to get out to as many doors in the 5th district as possible. Uh, and I take everything I get, the questionnaires, uh, the articles. Uh, when this goes uh, on, on out there live, I post all this on my Facebook so everyone can see where I stand on every issue. Uh, I have one opponent that doesn't say anything at all publicly, and I have another one that says very little. And I, I think it's most important to be open and honest with where you stand on things and, and, and educate the voters on what you're all about. And my biggest thing is I'm there for the voters. I'm going to be there for the fifth district and do what they want. Uh, it's, it's a nonpartisan seat, and I'm going to treat it as such. Uh, even though we're all three running this race Democrats, it's one of those things of uh, I, I'm always going to do what's best for the fifth and what's best for the uh, city and leave my personal opinion at the door. Sure, absolutely. Well, hey, thanks, think that's—I think that's
0: a great, great note to, to wrap to wrap that up. And so, of course, I know these uh, next couple of weeks will be busy for you. So, thanks for making some uh, time out of your evening, tonight, uh tonight, Brett, to spend some time with us. And best of luck in the weeks ahead.
2: Well, thank you for your time and and having a forum like this, so uh, voters can get get educated, and uh, it allows candidates to have a chance to hit a lot of people at once.
0: Hey, absolutely. Glad to do it. Glad to do it. All right, folks. Now, our next uh, candidate that we are interviewing tonight, again, we mentioned there are three candidates uh, running for District 5. Uh, Our next candidate is Pastor Marcus Clark. And so, Marcus, we're glad that you're here to join us tonight
4: thank you all for having me angel thank you for the invitation and uh, it's a privilege to hang out with the ballots and brews crew
0: <laughs> absolutely hey it's always good to have a pastor around because i <laughs> i uh, i might need some help sometimes so
4: <laughs> hey man I'm, I'm probably gonna be one of the easiest ones you, uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> there you there you go well yeah as we start off you know why don't you let folks know a little bit about yourself kind of your background what you do for a living uh that kind of thing
4: Oh, no. Again, first of all, thank you all for having me. Uh, Marcus Clark, I have the privilege of serving as the senior pastor of the Love Fellowship Church uh, in East Topeka. Um, wife and five children. Um, we've made Topeka our home. Uh, we've raised our children. We're raising and have raised our children here. Um, four boys, one girl. So we like to say there's never a dull moment in the Clark House.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
4: Absolutely. Um, <laughs> um, um, uh, I've served on several different com- committees and in, 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 uh, in, in the community. And our goal always is just how can we serve? Right. How can we partner? How can we help? Um, you know, we're fortunate to be able to be to be secure. The church takes really good care of us. My wife uh, is 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 happy working with Midland. And so, you know, we're, we're we're able to kind of be in a position to help other people. That's kind of been our our calling in life. Sure. Uh, it's just serve and see where we can partner, see where we can help. Uh, the relationships we built through the Greater Topeka Partnership and serving in the community. Uh, one of the things we're most proud of in settings like this is the work we did with Washburn Tech East. That's something we're proud of. Uh, getting that building uh, from starting from scratch and getting that building off the ground and up and running and getting those folks educated and, and getting their future started and adding to them. And uh, we're just really excited about what's coming and everything that's happening
0: in Topeka. Absolutely, yeah. Lots of lots of really good things that that are going on. And you know, in the midst of everything else that you're doing And raising five kids, uh, you know, <laughs> what, what made you decide to want to run for city council?
4: So um, it it it, it kind of happened very organic uh, in a very organic sense. Uh, you know, uh, how can you serve? Right? What's another way you can make impact and be serviceable? Um, there was a gentleman uh, in the Topeka community who our, our our viewpoints didn't line up, and so he, there was an article in the newspaper. This is just being very candid, Angel. Sure. Um, there was an article in the newspaper that ran. And uh, the, 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 the ideology that he promotes and that he's a part of is, is directly opposed to mine. And so when I read that, I started asking questions and, and you, know, try, you know, again, we raising a family uh, mindset matters and, you know, people have influence over decisions that matter. And so I looked into that and asked a couple questions. The next thing I knew they were saying, well, Clark, you'd be a good fit. <laughs> uh, and it just kind of worked out. Uh, Mike Padilla, who's my councilman now, who's uh, our deputy mayor, and he's looking to be the next mayor. And so the timing, they, they said your timing couldn't have been better. Uh, with your inquiries because Mike's not seeking to be reelected. So it all kind of just worked out very organically, man.
0: Sure. Hey, you know, it's, it's, it's funny. You're not the first person to talk to that says, well, you know, other people I started asking questions and that's so, after you get for asking questions That's you know, you're running for city council. So yeah, you never I'm, know. I'm,
4: that's that's my story and I'm sticking to it.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you know, uh, as a city council member, of course, you're, you're one of nine, but there's that, that balance there. How do you, uh, you know, how do you ensure that you represent the best interests of, of your district and district five while also acting in the best interest of the city as a whole
4: i appreciate that question angel i i totally understand what it means to be a representative right your job is to if you're entrusted with that confidence to represent us then make sure you're in constant contact right that's important for me is to be in constant contact with residents and particularly in district five but in in the city of Topeka as well make sure that you i like to say have my ear to the ground um Equity, of course, is going to be huge for me. I think not only do I represent equity, but I think most of the folks in in the community, they desire it. They want it right. They want to make sure that all sectors of our community are represented, uh, and that we have a, a move toward a balanced representation in areas that matter. And so, my job is to stay connected to the community, try to make good decisions for the business sector. Uh, everyone knows it's no secret at this point that everyone knows our workforce is something that you know we're working on in this season. Uh, employers need employees, and employees need to be employed. So, right. the, <laughs> one of the principal things we're doing is trying to make that you know work that out, get the right people to the table, have start. The right have the right conversations and move forward.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Well, and these next couple of questions are, are some issue-specific uh, type questions. that so kind of dive sure. into some of that a little bit more. Uh, so, you know, for his first question, of course, you know, uh, in District Five, we've got the South Topeka Boulevard with bring back, bring back the Boulevard project and, and things like that. You know, what kind of uh, policies and actions do you think the City Council should pursue to foster economic growth? Yeah, you know, when you rather it's things like bringing back the Boulevard or other you know economic development projects in the community.
4: There are several things that are already underway. I want to use the one you highlighted. Uh, the Bring Back the Boulevard group is something that happened under Mike Padilla's administration as, as uh, District 5 councilman. And he was kind enough to introduce me to those folks. Those are some wonderful people doing work. And, I, and, and I'm always a fan, Angel, of tangible results, right? right. <laughs> so if you live in our community, you can drive down to Topeka Boulevard today and see the Bring Back the Boulevard uh, efforts. You can see the... The, the progression there right you can see where wow this this overpass that used to be full of soot and, and 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 was discolored the they put the work in they put the sweat equity in they did the work right they the uh, they they partnered with local companies uh they spoke with city council but then you had a lot of private energy and effort right. that went into getting that done i i just think that that's the blueprint man i really do i think that that's that is a blueprint for how we're gonna move forward as a community. It's not leaning, it's not putting all of the responsibility on any in any in, in, in anyone's hands or any one entity's hands, but us sharing the responsibility and getting not sitting around waiting for someone to do it, but us working together to get it done. I think that's a wonderful example of what those folks are doing. I think that's that that should be one of the models we use going forward.
0: Sure. Well, you know, this idea of kind of public private partnerships uh, has, has come up a lot, you know, certainly with downtown that's helped downtown yes, be successful too. You know, do you, see, uh, do you see other places in the community where that kind of model you think could work?
4: I, I, I think there's, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to call specific names, Angel. Sure. But I think you're you you you're informed enough and your, your listeners are informed enough to know there are several entities in the community that are already doing that work, right? Sure. So you look in different pockets of our community, you can call them by name in the Highcrest communities, uh, you know, out South, right? Uh, up North, There's there are people who are East and West, Central. <laughs> you, there's people who are already, they're, they're already doing the work. Our job is to get the word out, get support behind them, And get the manpower. Oftentimes, I know uh, most people think that dollars are our most significant um, need, and they are. Most programs do need dollars, but you'd be surprised by how many people would trade dollars for manpower. Right? (laughs) They'll they'll trade dollars in a minute for sweat equity. People, volunteers, people who are willing to put their hands to the plow and help get the work done. Most most leaders would take that. Would would definitely take people and energy uh, any day.
0: Sure, sure. Well, yeah. Speaking of uh, investment in the community as well, yeah, the city has learned recently that it's uh, set to receive about 45000000000 dollars through the American Rescue Plan over uh, the next two years, and so there's yes, sir. conversations, of course, about how do we spend that money. And so, as, as the city looks at that, you know, what do you think should be their guide for how how we spend those dollars in our community?
4: So, I've been privileged to be a part of leadership groups, um, and I'm a huge fan angel of think tanks. Right. Sure. Uh, I don't. I don't think. I don't think it's wisdom for myself as an individual to make a decision, I th- I think what I bring to the table is the understanding of how powerful a think tank can be. Right, bringing let's bring the best minds into the table. Uh, once again, let's make sure we we have representation across different demographics within our community. Bring them to the table. Let's hear their thoughts. Now, when I say that, it doesn't have to be a literal table, right? <laughs> but, but let's it could be any any way we can receive feedback, honest feedback, uh, genuine feedback. Uh, rather that be you know email communication whatever, but let's get let's hear from the community, let's see what they're thinking, and then now let's take that to the table as a city council, and let's let's work it out, let's work out the details, let's let's do what we need to do, let's put the, the, the work in, and see how we can make this live in reality.
0: Sure. So so this idea of kind of be getting getting people together and kind of saying hey we're getting we're going to be receiving all this money from the feds, you know how do you right. do, how do you think we all should invest it?
4: Absolutely. And then you and, and when I say the what I when I say the best minds, what I'm saying, I want to thank you for letting me be clear on this. Angel. Yeah. What I'm saying is. There are certain people. This is what they do for a living. Right. I I don't I don't want us to shy away from areas of expertise. Right. So I'm a I am a rookie (laughs) podcaster. okay. so it's not wisdom. It's it's not wisdom for me not to yield to Angel or to ask Angel. Hey, man, what experiences have you had? What have you learned from your from your podcasting so far? Right. What can you share with me? Right. How can you got I just think that that's I think that approach works. It's sensible I think it's tangible. We, we bring the people to the table who have wisdom, who have knowledge, and and always leave room for those who are just budding and cutting their teeth in areas, right? If they've shown they have an interest and an, uh, a desire to work in this area, then let's leave room for them to have a voice at the table.
0: Sure, absolutely. <laughs> Excuse me, but then our last uh, issue-specific question um, here, yeah, when we think about one of the things the city has been working on uh, a lot in the last uh, couple of years is, is improving relationships uh, between law enforcement and the community. And, and so, you know, what do you think that the city should be doing to continue that work uh, and improving relationships between law enforcement and community members?
4: Don't get mad at me, Angel, for saying it again. But <laughs> I, again, I'm a huge fan of think tanks, right? Sure. I'm a huge fan of coming to the table of what I like to call, I like to call it the table of understanding, right? Let's come, let's sit down, let's have a conversation, right? Um, and then and, and bring all parties to the table and be to be represented to have the conversation. How do we move forward? We can... We know that we have issues. We know that there are persons on various sides. But at some point, we've got to realize we can't continue to live this way. Right. So we've got to come to the table. Let's let's begin to have a conversation. Now, I've said this before, and I'm saying it again on your platform, Angel. Some people are not fans of the conversation because they 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 grow weary of meetings. They go weary of rhetoric. Right. But for me, before we can put up in order to move in action to, to put sensible action items together, let's start with the conversation. Right. So let's let's share an understanding. Come to the table. And then let and, and then let that be how we build whatever our action items are going to be. I'm just a firm believer in that. Man, it's going to be hard to move me off of that.
0: Sure, sure. Well, you know, as a, a follow up to that, in in general, you know, it comes to the idea of bringing people to the table and that sort of thing. You know, how do you how do you get people together when they if they maybe if they maybe don't want to at first? You know, if you have those parties who for whatever reason don't want to engage, how do you how do you bring them together?
4: You start with free food and beer.
0: It's <laughs> <laughs> a pay job, of our playbook.
4: You, right okay, man. you know what I'm saying, right? <laughs> a shameless plug for Ballast and Brew, right, right? right? But, 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 if you can't, right? If you're gonna bring folks together, uh, you got to start with it, it being a, a gathering where where people are being fed, and, and there's kind of like this. That, that at what food and, and, you know, that does to into the atmosphere, to the environment. Right. And then you have you use trusted sources. Right. You, you can't you can't go. You can't ask the opposition or people who have differing of opinions. You can't ask them to to, to breed to be the galvanizer. You've got to find sensible, trusted sources who can mediate, who can be neutral parties and let the invitation come from them with the with the understanding that we're coming here to bring about resolution. We're coming here to to to, to figure out ways to move forward. I believe th- as simple as that may sound, that that's a that's that is work. And those sure. <laughs> right people know it takes work to do that. You have to do it the right way. Uh, you have to be cautious in every step because you don't want to offend. Right? You, once 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 offense happens, it's kind of hard to get back on track from there. So we you, you get the right people to the table to begin to initiate the conversation. And you go from there.
0: Hey, absolutely. Very good. Well, you know, as we uh, get ready to wrap up our, our time together here, you know, there's just a few weeks left until Election Day. You know, anything else that you would like voters to know about you?
4: Know? Oh, uh, listen, we're we're getting to, We're we're coming down the stretch here, Angel. <laughs> Thank you again for having me. Thank you for having the invitation. Please remember to vote. Uh, that's the most important thing for me, right? Where you cast your ballot right now, for me, that's not the principal thing. The principal thing is that you exercise the right to vote, is that you use your voice and let your voice be heard. Of course, if it's, it, I, I got to ask, uh, if you can give your support to us, we certainly would appreciate it. Uh, your confidence, your trust, we understand what the job is. The job is to be a representative. That's what we hope to do. That's what we want to do. My goal is to stay connected to our community and always be available to you. So once again, Angel, thank you for having me. Thank you to the Ballots and Brews crew for this invitation. It's been great.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. You bet. Anytime. Thanks thanks so much for stopping by and uh, best of luck in the weeks ahead. Thank you, sir. All right, folks. That does it for our candidate profiles on tonight's show. So again, you got to hear from two of the three actual candidates that there are running for a district five city council position. So that was Mr. Brett Kell and Pastor Marcus Clark. I encourage you to look them up on social media. Both of them have uh, active social media pages. There actually is a third uh, candidate uh, in this race, Ariane Davis, who unfortunately just did not respond um, in time for the program. Um, but there is a third candidate, Ariane Davis, who is also running in district five, and so. I encourage you to uh, look her up along with all the other candidates and if there's something you heard tonight that piqued your interest of course we encourage you to reach out to those candidates uh, to follow up with them and send them those questions and, and make your voice heard um, and get as informed as you can uh, before election day so go ahead and stay tuned after the break uh, we will be back to wrap up this episode uh, you're listening to ballots and brews here on kscf 5 live radio Alright, folks, that is our show for tonight. We hope you got to learn a lot by hearing from the candidates for City Council District 5, Brett Kell and Marcus Clark. As a reminder, both these candidates are on social media. They do have active Facebook pages where you can learn even more about them and also reach out to them if there are any questions that piqued your interest tonight. Um, and as always, remember that you can go to the website for the Shawnee County Election Office and they do have in the middle of that screen there, you can look uh, look for the candidate list. When you click on that candidate list, you'll find the list of all the candidates and their contact information. So absolutely feel free to email or call those candidates if you have uh, questions that you want to follow up with them. On. And just as a reminder, folks, it is hard to believe um, that we are now uh, less than two weeks away from election day. So a couple last minute reminders. So uh, an advanced voting, if you have requested an advanced ballot by mail, um, those ballots are now in the mail to you. Uh, you actually do still have um, a little bit of time to request an advanced ballot be sent to you by mail. Um, you can actually go to ksvotes.org and actually request an advance ballot be sent to you. Um, So you do have just a little bit, just a couple more days left uh, to request an advance ballot be sent to you by mail. Uh, When it comes to advance voting in person, that kicked off just this last Monday. So on the 18th, advance uh, voting in person did start at the Shawnee County Election Office. Um, So as a reminder, you can go down to that office Monday through Friday um, between 8 a.m. and 6 p.m. to cast your vote in advance in person. Um, at the Shawnee County Election Office. They're located over there at 3420 Southwest Van Buren Street. Um, again, you can cast your uh, your vote there in person between the hours of 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. Um, advanced voting will wrap up, will end at noon on November 1st. So noon, the day before Election Day, um, advanced voting in person will wrap up. So you've got until then to cast your advanced vote in person. Um, and then, of course, as a reminder to you, the closer we get to Election Day, um, all, you're going to see all kinds of voter guides coming out, so the Capitol Journal, checks CJ online as they get responses from each of the candidates and they post their voter guide responses. Um, our friends from uh, Topeka Forge, they are also putting together their candidate guide. And so that will be published um, as well. And so you'll have a couple of different sources. We also always encourage folks to check out Vote411.org. Um, Vote411 is pretty cool. When you head to their website, you can actually enter in your address and it will come up with a personalized list of information to include all the candidates that will be on your ballot, Um, and then they actually do candidate surveys as well, Um, so you can actually see the responses from candidates that are unique to you and where you are registered to vote. So that's vote411.org. And again, not all candidates may have responded to those surveys, but it does give you a chance to to learn a lot about those candidates. Um, And hey, sometimes the fact that they didn't respond um, to a survey might tell you what you need to know about those candidates. So lots of information um, out there to do some research ahead of Election Day. And so last, uh, next week is going to be our last show before Election Day. And so we are going to finish things up with our last city council candidate. So we will be talking to uh, the candidates from both District 7 and District 3 uh, next week to round things up before Election Day. So we'll look forward to talking to you then. Until then, please, please, please stay safe, wear your mask, social distance, do all that good stuff we need we know we need to do. Get your vaccine. If you haven't already, uh, stay safe, drink some good beer, and we will see you next week here on Ballots and Brews on KSF. 785 Live Radio.